Welcome to the Wisconsin Football Coaches Podcast with your hosts, Tom Swiddle, Tom Yashinsky, and Paul Navinsky. Now let's join the guys. Hello and welcome to episode two of season two of the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Podcast. I'm Tom Swiddle, head football coach at Wauwatosa East and past president of the WFCA. I am joined by my co-hosts, Tom Yashinsky, head coach at Onalaska and WFCA Northern Vice President, and Tom, or excuse me, and Paul Navinsky, former coach at Mozanie and a WFCA Hall of Famer. Tom, welcome to season two. Uh, you weren't able to join us for episode one to being deep into the playoffs. Now that you've had an opportunity to catch your breath and reflect, tell us a little bit about your season. It was a good year. Um, we kind of started off. A little bit rough. Paul wished us luck every week. I told him we needed it every week, and most weeks I was correct. And uh, uh, we played quite a few one-point games. We won three games on on two-point conversions at the end um, within the last two minutes of each of those games. So uh, it was an exciting run. We fell to Rice Lake. I think Rice Lake's got a really good shot to to win state. We gave them everything we had, but um, uh, they're a really solid team, and they're coached really well. So. Uh, you know, we, we played a decent game against them, and, and all you can ask for out of your kids is to play play hard and, and, and finish uh, with your best effort, and I think we gave them that. So it was an exciting year, and we look forward to seeing what we can build off in the offseason. Well, you know, before your game with Rice Lake, Paul had told me that uh, Rice Lake had a really good team, and uh, that would be a, a tough game for you guys to win. But, hey, congratulations on a great year. You've really got it going up there, and – um, I, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say, you know, we all know how hard you work and, and you've earned everything you've gotten. So congratulations. Hey, Paul, um, you're pretty excited right now and not because you're going to the state games this week, but deer hunting's coming up. And I know you're an avid hunter and I'm, I'm sure you're an avid deer hunter as well. Um, what's your what's your plans for the, the deer hunting season? Well, I usually every year take somebody that's never gone hunting before so i have a teacher in mozanie he's actually a football coach too he's never killed anything he's past hunter safety we're going to be in the tree together so it's kind of a mentor thing so it's really yeah. exciting. i take somebody every year and hopefully he'll get a chance to you know test his skills well i'm sure i'm sure he will and i'm sure you're going to give him all the direction that he needs to be a successful deer hunter Hey, gentlemen, I got some real positive feedback from our last podcast on auto seeding for the WIAA football playoffs. Uh, I think we accomplished what we set out to do, and that is to explain um, all that goes into the auto seeding. I'm just curious, did, did any of you get any feedback from, from anybody? I tons. Um, I, I actually went to the Rice Lake Green Bay Notre Dame game and, and got a chance, but you, you People, people are, are, they want information. And I was also at the AD convention in the Dell. So I got even more about it because the one thing that's great about this podcast is we try to provide information and get discussions started. And a lot of people didn't understand that a lot of their input is through their administrators. And if you want to change things, that's kind of how you need to do it. And, mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people didn't understand the criteria. They, yeah. they just thought it's always what it used to be, and and head-to-head -head was always a major factor. Yeah. Tom, I'm wondering, you weren't a part of that particular podcast, but uh, I'm just curious if, if anybody had 
um, reached out to you with with any thoughts on auto seeding? Uh, there's been a lot of conversations for the past, you know, really the month since the seeds came out. Um, and a lot of good feedback, a lot of people that maybe also just want to gripe a little bit. Um, and like Paul said, a lot of people maybe just don't understand everything that goes into it. So I think we have a long way to go that we can still make it better. Um, I think we just need open minds with people that are are making it. And one thing we learned at the executive board this weekend was um, the guy who, who wrote the whole thing, he, he's moved on. So we're kind of re- you know, starting, not starting over, but just a new person is, is doing that. So modifications that we want to happen. Um, it's a new person we have to work through to try and make those happen. So it's all a process. And, and, you know, as long as everybody has a positive attitude about it, we'll find a way to make it work the best we can. Yeah, that's for sure. Fellas, I really enjoy our podcast when we have the opportunity to highlight individuals who have done so much for football in our state. Tonight, we're going to talk to two men who have being, who are being inducted to the WFCA Hall of Fame this upcoming April 6th. With us um, are going to be uh, Paul Feldhausen, a longtime football official and conference commissioner, and Tom Nenig, a, a longtime coach and someone who served the WFCA in several capacities through the years. And Paul, we're going to start with you. Uh, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Paul, you are one of only a handful of football officials to make the grade for the Hall of Fame. Congratulations. I have to ask you, where were you when you got your phone call from John Holt? Actually, I was uh, I was sitting in my chair and he called. Believe it or not, I thought it was a prank call. <laughs> and it took me a little bit to... Uh, John explained who he was and so forth and so on. And then uh, finally, uh, you know, all the stars aligned. And uh, actually, I still couldn't believe it. When I hung up the phone, I, I questioned myself, you know, if this was really true, because what an honor for an official. Uh, all the hard work that uh, I see the coaches do, and I know all the hard work the officials do, it's, uh, it's just an amazing thing, that's all. Well, I, I can tell you, I'm a part of the Hall of Fame committee, and there was very little discussion on your behalf. I mean, it was unanimous. You deserved it. And and again, congratulations. Now, Paul, I, I want to bring something up that I'm sure you will not remember. Um, my first encounter with you did not happen on a football field. It happened on the baseball diamond. And this was probably, God, the late 80s, maybe the early 90s. Uh, you were doing uh, one of my games at the time. I was the uh, head baseball coach at, at Wauwatosa West. And uh, there was a call that I didn't agree with. And uh, I came out on the field and you and I had uh, quite a discussion, I'll call it, um, as we debated, you know, what was what really happened on that call. And uh, I found out right away you were not going to back down. And I wasn't, you know, at that time in my life, I wasn't going to back down either. But you and I pretty much got nose to nose on this thing. And uh, Paul, this has been a long time coming, but I want to thank you for not throwing me out of that game. Well, one of the things that I kind of take pride in is, you know, working with the coaches. Anybody can throw somebody out of a game, but working with the coaches and, and for the betterment of the game, that's that's what it's all about when you come down to it. Yeah. You know, uh, Paul, your story reminds me a lot of uh, Neil Brunner, who I know you know um, very, very well. Neil's another football official in the WFCA Hall of Fame. 
Um, both you and Neil got into officiating because you wanted to stay in the game. Now you had quite a storied playing career, um, and we'll get into that as as this podcast uh, goes on. But you know, here you are, all these years later, and you're still officiating because you wanted to stay in the game at one point in your life. Yeah, that's a fact. I I mean, I truly enjoy what I do. Um, a lot of uh, there's a lot of conjecture. People are always saying, well, for the money and for this and for that and other reasons. But I just, I truly enjoy Friday Night Lights. And I enjoy going out and uh, um, working with the coaches, working with the players. And I, I still do quite a bit of lower level football, which to me is, uh, you know, that's where the, you actually see the kids developing and actually getting a chance to uh learn the game you know and you had one of my games this year our lower level our jv2 game you were you were doing it at uh, new berlin eisenhower and uh, i hadn't seen you for a couple years it was great to see you and you still get around pretty good my man yeah well you know (laughs) taking a lot of hits to the melon i got two knees replaced and uh you know (laughs) it uh but I still enjoy it. I mean, I truly enjoy it. And I enjoy the young kids. You, you, at that at that stage, you can you, you help them along. You, you know, look, don't do this or don't do that. It's going to get you in trouble. You know, don't make me throw a flag because that's what you're doing. You know what I mean? Right. But, and it was obvious in that game. I mean, you really, I mean, you had total control, obviously, but you were helping not only the other players, but you had some younger officials on your crew who were, I think there, um, you know, to be mentored by yourself. But uh, it was very obvious that, that uh, your experience was, was uh, uh, front and center in that night of a, um, I'll call it a rather average JV two game between a couple of average teams and thank God it wasn't raining. So Paul, Paul, great name. Uh, Paul Levinsky from Mosini. As I looked at your resume and I did your background, I can't believe there isn't all your body parts that haven't been replaced. I mean, how many games have you actually officiated in your career? I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I probably do in the neighborhood, I would guess, uh, maybe 30 to 35 games during the fall of freshman uh, JV2, JV, varsity. I've kind of calmed down the last couple of years because uh, age is creeping up on me. I think that's just amazing as I look back at some of the things. And football can be physical, but baseball, especially if you're behind the plate, that can just be brutal. Yeah, it gets uh, it gets a little intense back there sometimes. Uh, you get uh, you know sometimes you feel like you're in a tattoo factory and you're the guy that's getting tattooed every time. So <laughs> <laughs> it uh, I enjoy it. I mean, I you know the, those are the two sports I do, and I I truly enjoy what I do, and uh, uh, I try to put put forth my best effort when I can. And not everybody agrees with you all the time. I mean. Uh, but I, you know, I, in reality, I feel for the coaches because you can hear comments, and I'm not going to mention from who, but I think we all know 
that everybody else knows the game better than the coaches and everybody knows the rules better than the referees. And uh, sometimes I'm thinking, you know, I like to see where the coaches go up in a stand and, and just hand them the whistle and say, here it is, go at it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all felt like that. Tom? Uh, Paul, you've been been officiating a while now. Um, how has the how has the job changed over the years? Uh, you know, you talked about still working with kids. Have kids changed? Have coaches changed? Has have fans changed? What's changed the most over these these years of your officiating career? I think one of the, the one of the big things is the uh, the culture of the kids. When I first started officiating, the, there was never. Never a word spoken, never, you know, they played football, they listened to the coach. Um, now it's kind of evolved into they watch Sunday, they watch Saturdays, and uh, they want to emulate those people. And I can understand that, but in doing so, they're, they're you know, they're going against our own rules. And you try to straighten them out and... It never used to be where you'd get any kickback. Now, you know, all of a sudden there's some chirping going on. And, uh, but in the end, um, <laughs> you carry the flag and you carry, you basically carry the hammer. And, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. And you have to follow the rules. You know, expanding on that, um, Paul, if you would, um, last season we had Brian Henson on, who, again, I'm sure that's somebody that you know and, and have worked with. Um, but Brian uh, is the commissioner of the Greater Metro Conference, and we had him on to discuss the recruitment of officials. Um, you know, we're reaching, you know, almost a, a crisis in that we're going to, we don't have the number of officials that we once had and, and trying to get people interested in doing that is obviously very difficult. And you hit on some things, you know, like why it would be difficult, the things that you have to put up with during the course of a game, not only from, you know, coaches, but players and, and fans. So um, have you been involved in the recruitment of officials and, and, you know, what might you say to somebody who's listening to this podcast and thinking, you know, that might be something that I would want to do. What what kind of advice would you give that person? You know, there's there's um, <clears throat> quite a few of the high schools in the in, uh, Milwaukee metropolitan area that are now offering officiating classes in the high school. And uh, I've gone and I've talked at four of the different high schools, and um, the kids seem to be very interested. Uh, I tell them right out that as as a new official, you can uh, join the WIA at no cost. The WIA is, uh, has waived that fee, and um, the problem is is that you get you get them out there for one or two games, and and they come back and they say, well, I, I I'm not going to listen to that. I don't have to put up with that." And, and you know, look, football, you're out in the middle of the field. I'm out in the middle of the field. I don't hear everything that everybody else hears, so I really don't pay too much attention to it. But, you know, it's 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 sad when you walk off the field and you got uh, people coming up and hammering you because of this and because of that. And uh, specifically rules, you know, you, you make a rule call out there. And, of course, it wasn't the same rule that was ruled on Sunday in the NFL. And uh, it it's 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 sad because 
I'm president of the Milwaukee Officials Association. And in the last, I would say the last 10 years, we have maybe garnered in five new officials. You're kidding. No. That's it? We, yeah. If we bring wow. in, like this year, we brought in, we brought, we, we had seven new officials that wanted to get into it. By the end of the, by the end of the year, we had two. The other five quit. And, you know, various reasons, you know, and understandable. A lot of them have families and uh, a lot of them, uh, you know, but the biggest thing was the, the biggest gripe we got was, uh, you know, the, uh, the constant, uh, what do you want to say, harassment, verbal harassment to the officials. And realistically, I think the athletic directors and the coaches over the years have done a commendable job because uh, you, you go to a game now and uh, you've got a person to meet you. They take you through the locker rooms or whatever. And basically they stand by and if you need help, they're there to give you a hand. Um, prior to that, you know, you were kind of, you know, get to the field, get the game going and let's have it. Yeah. So, Tom? I'll, I'll tell you that we, I started a, an officiating class this year, first year we've done it at, at our school. And as we go through and we, you know, we go over situations that you might encounter as an official and it's a, it's an officiating and coaching class. We touch on both aspects and it's funny how they can relate to the stories because they remember their parents doing the things we're talking about. Uh, and I hope that when, when they think of those things, it's eye opening to them and think, well, if I'm an official, I don't really think I want to hear those things. So maybe I'll change how I act at a game. Um, so I'm hoping that some of this stuff is eye-opening to our kids as we teach it so that maybe they change their behavior and maybe they can convince their parents to change their behavior as they are spectators in the crowd uh, throughout the years. Paul Nowinski? Yeah, on a side note, Tom, uh, we only have about eight minutes and 50 seconds left. Okay. So we're going to have to fix this problem, so just so you know. I appreciate the heads up on that. And, you know, one thing I'd like to get into – Paul, and this is an interesting, fun fact, I guess, that that I didn't know until I read uh, your bio um, that's going to be a part of your Hall of Fame plaque. But you were drafted in the first AFL-NFL draft by the Boston Patriots, and you played three years for them. I mean, how cool was that? Bring us back to what that was like for you to get drafted into the, into the NFL. You know, it's funny because you watch the NFL draft now and, and uh, they hype it up pretty good and guys are going on stage and getting that. <clears throat> I found out I was drafted. My coach came over. I was sitting in the student union. He came over and said, hey, he says, uh, the Patriots just drafted you. <laughs> I was like, really? I mean, I, I, I went to Northern College. Northern College probably at the time had uh, maybe 700 students, and that included the commuters. And um, I had a great uh, PR guy, and um, it was I, – I hadn't heard – it was funny because throughout my experience in college, I would have, I would have uh, scouts coming here and there and taking a look, and uh, I hadn't heard from the Patriots in like two years. And – in reality, I had a letter from Vince Lombardi, and they were going to draft me in the thirteenth round that year. And uh, I also had one from uh, from uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, and they were going to take me in the later rounds. 
it just happened that Boston took me in the earlier round. So the only the only drawback was it was the first NFL AFL draft. So I lost out because prior to that, the NFL and the AFL were competing against each other. So you know, if you got drafted by both, you could match up one against the other, make maybe make a few more bucks, you know. Oh man. Timing's everything, Paul, isn't yeah, it? It sure was. Hey, you've won as many accolades with your umpiring in, in baseball as you have officiating football. And I think it's worth mentioning the fact that, um, you know, you have won national awards, state awards for being an umpire, national uh, federation uh, awards. Uh, you were elected twice by the Wisconsin Baseball Coaches Association as umpire of the year. And I'm going to put you on the spot now. Which sport do you like better, football or baseball? No, it's a toss-up. <laughs> you know, my roots go back to football. You know, I, I've always been there. Always, you know, it's the one sport that uh, I, I guess the my best story is when a when a coach yells at me and tells me that somebody's holding, and I say, "Coach," I said, "I made a living holding people. I know what holding's like." So it's. But I, I, I truly enjoy football, but I enjoy baseball, too. It's two different times of the year. So, yeah. And you're no stranger to the Hall of Fame because you are in the Northland College Hall of Fame and the Michigan Upper Peninsula Hall of Fame. Now, this is a, a personal question, Paul, but I have a very good friend of mine who's from Iron Mountain, where you're from. Do you know any of the Saracotis? Yes, I do. Well, Gene Saracotti is a really good friend of mine. I coached his his son. Um, way back when at Dominican High School. Um, but uh, I thought I would ask because when I saw you were from Iron Mountain and he's, you know, roughly close to your age. And I know, I think he had a brother that might have been more your age than himself. But, uh, you know, and one of the things that is um, that you have mentioned um, in your bio, uh, bio is, you know, the tremendous support that you received from your family um, as you went through your your. Um, officiating career. Could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, you know, being an official is like being a coach. You're gone from home the whole season. And, uh, you know, without without support of your family, you know, especially especially your, your wives, your spouses, I mean, they take an awful lot on. They're, they're basically raising a family while you're out there trying to uh, officiate or coach a game. Um, I mean, I just, I can't say it. I, I wish my wife was still around because there's so much of that. This accolade should go to her more than it should go to me. I know all the, all the crap she put up with me over the years and being gone a lot. Um, and, and I think that might be part of the problem too with some of the, some of the new officials is, you know, they're not really, uh, the family's not ready to let them go that much. And uh, I see it a lot. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they're truly. I was truly blessed with a with a great wife, and uh, and my kids were right there backing me all the way. Well, Paul, I wish we had more time, and and uh, um, you know we're going to straighten out this this uh, recording that we do for the podcast, and and get more time uh, in the very near future. But we're we're a little bit limited tonight. Um, I, I just want to, again, uh, congratulate you on your induction into the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. 
and um, you're going to have just a great time that night. Uh, um, Paul Levinsky has has said this one of his favorite nights of his life was when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, as it was for me as also. And um, I, I so look forward to seeing you on on April sixth, and uh, be prepared to get a little misty eyed as you get led in there by our big piper and uh, um, with the other uh, Hall of Fame inductees. Paul, again, thank you so much, and and uh, I look forward to, to talking to you and seeing you soon. Thank you.